The National Institute of Standards and Technology, NIST, says there's more to come for its technology guidance for dealing with privacy. Following the release of a privacy framework last month, NIST Director Walter Copan says the agency is working with industry now to develop standards for more particular challenges like differential privacy, which the Census Bureau is already using for the 2020 count. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman joins me now with more on this policy rollout. And Jory, what does this policy framework talk about in the first place? Let's start there. Well, it can be a broad concept to wrap your head around the idea of just privacy in general. But in the context of what Walter Copan was describing last week at CSIS, the Center for Strategic and International Studies, he was really looking at it at the perspective of data privacy through the lens of emerging technology, things that we've discussed before, AI, biometrics, the Internet of Things, the idea that these are rapidly expanding technologies, rapid innovation there, where the the operational side of things is expanding, but they want to make sure that they have the ethical framework underneath it to really uh, undergird all of that as, as things are going along. Especially if the Internet of Things happens to be your Fitbit, for example. Right, right. You know, things that are very personal like that, you know, wearing wearable technology, that gets people a little scared sometimes. And so at this CIS keynote, uh, Copan said that this really does come down to striking a balance between privacy and innovation. Getting privacy right will underpin the use of technologies in the future, including AI and biometrics, quantum computing, the Internet of Things, and personalized medicine. And these technologies all will be a big part of our future. And of course, it's not just about the dollar value. There's the genuine value to the human spirit of living in a free and democratic society. Sounds like the privacy community was banging on the door to get in there. And uh, that was Walter Copan, the director of NIST. And Jory, what other steps is NIST taking? What are they doing to implement this framework now that they've published it? Right. So from NIST's perspective, this isn't a a one and done with the framework. Uh, Copan did describe this as... Uh, a roadmap going forward of uh, implementing other similar subsets, uh, implementing other guidances and other frameworks going forward. And in one specific case, he described in the future, in the near-term future, rolling out separate guidance for small and medium businesses with regards to data privacy. In a panel following Copan's keynote address, we heard from Naomi Lefkowitz. She is a senior privacy policy advisor at NIST. And she said that when it comes to the small and medium business guidance, that really will help set a baseline for industry going forward. Understanding these risks can really allow organizations that build the technologies that shape our world, like the companies here, to make better decisions about protecting privacy when they're designing their products and services before individuals ever even touch them. All right, so NIST is really industry-facing in this particular situation, not so much government-facing. And just before we move on here. Is the idea that this privacy framework is strictly for business, or is it something that federal agencies can also adopt? Or I do think they have separate guidance there? That could very well be. That was not immediately made clear. But in this case, it looks like NIST is really looking more industry first with this approach. Um, I think that this is really a recognition that with these emerging tech tools, these are going to be off-the-shelf off the shelf solutions that agencies will buy if they do adopt AI or IoT devices. Well, this also relates privacy, that is, to cybersecurity in general, and a lot of small businesses and large businesses are under pressure from the government as suppliers to the government to protect their data. So I guess if you get good at privacy, 
that's practice for getting good at cybersecurity in general, perhaps. Right, right. These are There is a healthy amount of overlap in what you're describing. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman, and how has industry reacted so far? Well, there was a, a panel of industry experts who were reacting to what Director Copan was, was saying in his keynote, and we heard from Chris Calabrese. He is the Center for Democracy and Technology's interim co-CEO and vice president for policy, and he and the other fellow industry members were generally pretty positive with uh, what NIST was able to come up with here. With this framework and other policy documents, NIST does have a lot of public forums where they are able to provide their comments before anything is is put forward on paper. And Calabrese said that while industry is pretty satisfied with what's currently in this version one of the document, he did warn that industry shouldn't view this as this framework as just a check-the-box exercise. This is a tool. It's only going to be as good as the person wielding the hammer or the screwdriver, right? If a company is a good company that wants to engage in good data practices, this tool will allow them to do a good job. If it's a company that just wants to sort of check a box or, or worse, maybe would like to obscure practices that aren't good, this is not a magic fix. It's a voluntary process. So at the end of the day, it's not a substitute for a legislative approach or a, or a regulatory approach, but it is a very useful supplement. Well, anyway, if there is a regulatory or legislative approach, that would probably bring more of a checkbox type of mentality to the whole privacy issue. And that's what NIST does, though, isn't it, Jory? I mean, they're, when they put out these frameworks, they have lists of controls and practices. So in some sense, it has to be a checkbox because you've got to do something at some point if you're going to have any data protection. That's true. At the end of the day, there are binary things of meets or does not meets requirements, and that is what NIST is in the business of. All right, so what are the next steps now? You mentioned differential privacy. That sounds like something you want to hide the back end of your car in the garage. Well, this ties back to more agency uses of of privacy and considerations of privacy. This is something that the Census Bureau is already working on. It's uh, the non-PhD explanation of this is that it is injecting mathematical noise into statistical results for things like the decennial census so that in this big data world that we're living in, outsiders can't take that statistical data, unscramble it, and find individual responses of how you or I responded to the census on any given decade. Meanwhile, not scrambling it to the point that it's no longer valuable information that researchers can then use for um, for various things going forward. So this is a computer science type of exercise to do something with databases such that they can't be hacked for personal information? Yeah, it really it really is kind of a, a mathematical concept, and I, I know you've had folks from the Census Bureau explain this in, in much better detail, but this really does get down to thorny use case of, of privacy as it pertains to uh, not just the Census Bureau, but other federal statistical agencies. So they're looking into specific technological fixes for being able to protect data. In the case of Census, I think they're not allowed to release it until 75 years after the census is taken. I think that is the case, yes. So this differential privacy sounds like the where's Waldo effect. They bury all the Waldos in this great big kaleidoscope, and therefore Waldo remains private. Yeah, that's that's generally the idea. Or as Harvard University puts it, such an algorithm is said to be differentially private if by looking at the output, one cannot tell whether an individual's data was included in the original data set or not. Partial definition. 
All right, Walter Copan, if you need help with speeches, give me a call. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature.